Barbie. Hey, Barbie. Welcome to Hey Julie, a podcast about Barbie and Julie <laughs> Chen and J. Robert Oppenheimer. My name is Brett. My name's Danielle. Hi, Danielle. Here we are on a Monday night. Look I at know. us. So late. So late. I know. Well, we needed to see Barbie Heimer this weekend. We made a sacred vow that we would go to the movies and see Barbie and or Oppenheimer. Brett withheld his vow. Between the two of us, one of us has seen both movies. Yeah, exactly. So we actually have have a lot to talk about. I thought you were going to say, I thought when we spoke last week that you said that you had Barbie plans for the weekend, but but seeing two was going to be too much to handle for, for a young mother. Yeah. Uh, I was mistaken. You saw no movies this weekend. (laughs) I did all the work. Brett's carrying this podcast. I sent Brett a list of what I wanted to talk about. And it's like Barbenheimer, but then it's like Doja Cat hates her fans. <laughs> it's like all these random, like, and you're like the Adrian Rock. Brody. <laughs> the Rock. I'm like, the movie, the actor, the, like, is there a rock that has, like, done, is there, like, a piece of, of large well, sediment to- that has done something? I don't know. And you're like, oh, the donation. I'm like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. So Listen, we're going to have... Not to be like hoity-toity, like great literary mind, one of the greatest minds of our nation, like Oppenheimer, great but wretched. Um, I spent a lot of time this past week reading a book, so I also, I haven't watched that much, so I don't have that much to talk about. (laughs) It's kind of why we didn't pot over the weekend. Yeah, exactly. What are we going to talk about? I was like, I need Brett to see these movies. Um, (laughs) Because I'm not. (laughs) Yeah, I could not do it. It was not possible. So we are going to get into it. Danielle, I'm just going to talk about the movies for 45 minutes and you can ask me questions. I'm going to try not to spoil too much. That's okay. Um, I'm going to start off by saying this. Danielle, the movies are back. We are so back. We are so back. (laughs) Even for one instance... Maybe we're only going to get one weekend like this every five years, every 10 years. The movies are back. It was yeah. so amazing going to the theater and there is a line just to get your ticket scanned. It was wow. packed. It felt like freaking Independence Day came out. It was 1996. And like people were just lining up to go to the movies. And <laughs> so I saw... I saw Oppenheimer in IMAX at 2.30 p.m. Yeah. And then I saw Barbie in the same theater at 7.30 p.m. Wow. And when I left Barbie at 9.45, the longest line I had seen of the day was still forming to get the ticket scanned or ticket torn, however they were doing it. Were people dressed up at your theater? Oh, my God. Oh, so fun. Oh, my God. So many people dressed up. Most, I, I wouldn't say that there were many Oppenheimer dress ups. <laughs> we I wouldn't dressed say as there Albert were many Einstein. people wearing a suit from 1941. <laughs> Big pants. Lots of people wearing pink of all genders, spectrums of genders, sizes, everything. Beautiful. Love it. Lots of people wearing Barbenheimer merch, like a pink shirt with like the silhouette of Killian Murphy on there. That, but not a lot of people wearing like a, a fedora, which <laughs> is good. 
floppy. Okay. But it was so exciting. It was just there. It felt like going to the movies again in the 90s an event, where it was just like packed. People are lining up. Like people are there for the weekend. This is what we did. Sorry, teens and tweens. We didn't spend all weekend at home on TikTok or like not. We were just like watching something on Netflix. This is what people did. Uh, so that was great. Um, shall I start with Oppenheimer, which I'm sure probably less people want to hear about? Really quick, I just have a question. Yeah. So I don't think it's a shock to anyone that this was like a massive weekend in movie ticket sales, box office. You're describing the fervor, the excitement with which people brought to the movie going experience. Something Tom Cruise has been trying to, you know, fan Movies, the flames popcorn. of. popcorn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this was a very successful weekend of that. They're both making a ton of money. Very successful. Do you think the movie studios are taking the correct lesson from no. this? Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm sure there'll be a push for a Barbie Just more sequel. toy movies. That's what they're going to say. Yeah, I mean, that's what uh, Mattel is trying to... I, but I don't know how Mattel got this movie made because this movie is... This movie is wild. I'll yeah. just say this. Both movies are excellent. Both movies were excellent. My coccyx hurts from how much I was sitting oh my. all day <laughs> in two chairs. Uh, both movies were excellent in completely different ways, but it, they were great. I, I loved both of them. Barbie is like an instant, like classic, uh, you know. Did you ever see Barb and Star? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think we probably talked about it on this pod. It was one of that my favorite was, movies. Yeah. Barbie is like an instant comedy classic people right. are going to be watching and quoting this movie for the next 30 years it is i guess we'll do barbie first okay okay let's do barbie first barbie's great barbie's fantastic it's one of those movies much like megan where within two minutes you're like this movie is brilliant and knows exactly what it is and this movie is something special yeah and it was just like that for two freaking hours it's great it is so unbelievably funny it is so smart I, it is so smart it is so you know i'm a man obviously like this this movie is for women like all the stupid stuff that we were retweeting from the hey julie account of like yeah. these various right-wing influencers <laughs> barbie or whatever, has being gone like, woke <laughs> barbie has gone woke it's a two-hour woke fest made to make men feel bad about being themselves here's the thing all those guys are right is a two-hour woke fest about patriarchy and uh -huh. about like destroying it, and that's why it was great. <laughs> that's why we like it. This movie is awesome. This yeah. movie is really good. Even I was getting emotional as a man. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, like this is something I've never seen on screen before." Like how this movie treats women and presents them and it very much investigates the idea of like there's this universe of toy lines that says barbie can be anyone she can be an astronaut she can be a doctor she can be the president she can be this and then juxtaposing that with that world we actually live in today i'm not going to sp like spoil but obviously like hey you know <laughs> look at our former <laughs> look at some of our former presidents look at the world we live in today yeah it, investigates this idea in a really really fun way and oh my god and like it's so fucking funny there's just so many jokes in this movie and sight gags and 
the the design of it. You know, you have a great cast. Gosling is like. I, my, I hear like, whispers take, of an Oscar nomination. My big take of the day yeah. is best supporting Oscar is a two man race, and oh. both men were in movies that came out on July twenty first. It's Ryan Gosling, and it's Robert Downey Jr. in Oppenheimer. Wow. Well, Robert Downey Jr. I mean, where's he been? He needed a career comeback too. <sighs> he's been sitting on that Tony Stark. Iron Man Cash. I know, but like he's too interesting an actor. But I mean, you could say that about a lot of actors, but way too interesting an actor to only be in Marvel slop for the rest of his life. So I'm well, glad he's, he's doing something he's different. Done. Good. He's done. Well, we'll go back to Barbie. Uh, the interesting thing about Barbie, there's a lot of there's a lot of great stuff. I'm not gonna spoil it. Go see this movie. Like if you like this Wait, podcast, I have a quest- I have you're questions. gonna love it. No, no, there's other stuff. I, okay. okay, sorry. What was your question? Well, everyone knows Margot is like the perfect Barbie and mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling's getting a lot of love for Ken. But other than those two, who was your favorite actor or character in Barbie? Who Michael was the Sarah. best Barbie? Michael Sarah okay. is really good in it. My, okay, so Michael Sarah is great, is really great as this like random guy in the universe, <laughs> Alan. He's like really funny and gets like a lot of stuff to do. Um <laughs> Kate McKinnon is mm-hmm. really strong in it, like as you know, like the sort of Barbie that's been played with too much. The up. what was, <laughs> what was the what was the doll that Angelica had in the Rugrats? The one who had like half her hair pulled out and stuff. Cynthia. Cynthia. So, so basically, <laughs> sort of like like that. Like, yeah. There's like a slight mechanic in it where like if the ball the doll is played with in a certain way. In like a destructive way in the real world, that is manifested in the Barbie world, and that's why that Kate McKinnon one is just like the one that's like had her hair burnt and like permanent marker drawn on her face. Um, I would say I don't know. There's a ton of Barbies in this movie. There's a ton (laughs) of Kens in this movie. There's like there's like ten each that have like decent speaking roles in this. Not to mention like so many throwaway ones as well. the actress who the actress who plays the the journalist from the idol from our favorite show who works oh, at like Vanity is that Fair. Harry Neff? Yes, I yeah, Harry I don't Neff. know anyone's name. Yeah, she's Harry she's Neff? one of the she's a good Barbie. Issa uh-huh. Rae is a good Barbie. Um the the on the Ken side, you have Simu Liu from uh Shang-Chi and it and then Canadian. And then um <laughs> what's his name? The he was in I think he was in Dungeons, Dugans, and Dragons. Um, no way. Kingston something. Kingsley Ben-Adir. Oh, my God. You could have made that name up. <laughs> no, you know him. He's, like, very hot. He's, like, Kingsley in Ben-Adir? Oh, my gosh. That's, like, a name from a Jane Austen novel. You know this guy. We've talked about him on No, you podcast. mean Rene Jean? No, Kingsley Ben-Adir. No, not Rene Jean-Paul. Okay. Jean Page. <laughs> That's a different guy. Um, he, this one was in the the uh, what you call it? Oh, yeah. oh, he, oh he's show. the other one in. Okay, okay. He's the other yeah, guy. He's in good. Thingy. He's good. He's one of the good. Yeah, like, he's good. Everyone in this movie is. Everyone in this movie is fantastic. He's the nerd. It, okay, sorry. I go mean, ahead. so I saw this movie, Packed House. Both of these were like completely sold out, and people were just like cheering and laughing and like reciting the Nicole Kidman AMC thing. Like, yeah, like fully, you know, there are just some riotous moments of this movie. Um, 
one of the interesting parts of it is I had always been planning to see this movie at like 11 p.m., which was stupid because like I go to sleep at 10. So yeah. I don't know how that was going to happen. Eventually, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to see it at 7 o'clock. I'm like kind of nervous there's going to be a bunch of families there because it's like ostensibly a family film. Um, there were no children there <laughs> at all. Isn't it like PG-13? This movie is PG-13, and I will also say, I apologize as I spit, requires possibly a, like, freshman level, I'm not, like, saying this in a derogatory way, a sort of, like, freshman level introductory to gender studies course to have been taken. Like, the act... Wow, the well, most 13-year-olds are going to have that. I know. I guess that's the thing. Is like, I guess most 13-year-olds are like, are like, yeah, obviously. But they're, like, they're of a different generation. Maybe they already know it, right? Like... But like you watch this movie and you're like, I'm glad I went to college because they are like really investigating a lot of ideas in a really academic sort of way here. That's like covered with a lot of like sight gags about the fact that like they, you know, they're all dolls who don't have boobs or genitals or anything right. like that. So it, obviously it's like triggering to Ben Shapiro. Go, <laughs> go piss girl. Like have a bad time. Um, but it, it's really designed to be that way. And People are people are gonna love this movie for a long, long, long time, and I, I kind of don't. I'm like confused as to like what a ten year old would get out of that movie. There's, I, I, I just feel like so much would go over their heads. But right. also, uh, to your point, ten year olds are like much more versed, and they have the woke mind virus more than us. Yeah, yeah, they were born with it. They were born with it. Maybe they're it's born with the it. COVID maybe, vaccines. maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's the woke mind virus. Um, just what a I, what a what a fantastic movie. I there is a there's a sequence towards the end that I mean there's a lot of like really quick cut montage sequences where it's like they have a joke and they just run out like eight different punchlines on the joke super fast. And there is a part that. I screamed and cackled laughing so hard at, and I've just never felt more represented in wow. cinema. There's a, there's a sequence where the Kens are all mansplaining to a bunch of different Barbies uh-huh. and they're kind of, they're doing something else that's related to the plot and like the setup for it is every time they're like, they kind of cut to a new one. Like the Ken is caught in a bit of a mansplain. And one of the mansplains is so, was so personally, about me oh. that I shrieked laughing. Were you, like hashtag exposed or what? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Basically. I mean, was it about see, podcasting? No, it was about listening to Pavement. Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> there is a joke about the band Pavement in okay. Barbie, which is like very, very related to me. Uh, very specific. Yeah, no, it it was uh, you know what? I've I've never felt more represented and more seen even at, at my own expense. So I, I love it. So two thumbs up from Brett on Barbie. Yes. Two thumbs up. Can't wait to see it. We crossed the theater. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, my thumbs remain in the up position (laughs) because two thumbs up on Oppenheimer. These movies are both like nine out of 10 for me. Like what's a 10 out of 10? Hmm. It's a 10 out of 10. I mean, Boogie Nights is like a 10 out of 10. Like the first two Sunrise movies are tens out of tens. Ah, Linklater. Linklater, yeah. Um, I, you know, if I have a complaint about Barbie, and I have 
and I'll share like that was a kind of didn't get, give it the 10 out of 10. I there were a couple moments where I was like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Even I, who like agree with like the preachy nature of it all, I'm like, okay, here we go. Oh, <laughs> so, and and then also like I I think the resolution of it, like they, they kind of really struggled to come up with a resolution to the movie, and it just okay. sort of ends almost. It's not it, they don't do the same thing, but in a similar just sort of like Wayne's World way, where they're like, hey, it's time for the ending now, sort of you know doodly, kind of doodly, thing. Doodly, doodly. And, <gasps> yeah, and they kind of mix a bit of like meta stuff with a bit of like incredibly emotional stuff there the combination of which and the 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 substance of which didn't totally work for me but like what i I really don't mind i'm not gonna ding it that much like the movie was so good aside from that it didn't parts of the ending not working for me is not really that much of a complaint and to move over to Oppenheimer, I have some complaints about Oppenheimer too that make it like not a 10 out of 10. Well, give me the good stuff first. Uh, first, what's it about? There- <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mansplaining World War II to Danielle. She asked me first, audience. J. Robert Oppenheimer is the father of the atomic bomb. The father. He developed... Daddy. The technology. <laughs> he was a scientist who like led the like the group of scientists to build the atomic bomb that was dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And he kind of is like didn't feel great about it, he you know, for good. obvious reasons. Oh. Didn't feel great about it. Also, the movie takes place like across like two decades, like from the twenties until honestly, or maybe three, like into the fifties. So there's this entire other element of like, he's kind of like into communism a little bit. He's mm. dating Florence Pugh. She's a communist. Okay. You know, he's like brother is a communist. So there's a lot of, so anyways, what you think of is the movie, you watch the trailers and it's just like men building bombs and looking right. scared and looking like this movie is like three hour. This movie, this movie, actually, you know, this movie is very similar to for me is social network and that it is for the most part a highly incredibly fast-paced explainer on a subject that is framed with throughout the entire film with these various legal depositions that are happening as a result of like what happened in the main like the a plot of the movie so we're learning about how he you know read all the books to build the bomb and how he built the bomb and how they bombed Japan. So the movie doesn't end after he bombs it and everyone goes, America, number one. Oh, no, there is another 45 (laughs) minutes of men yelling at each other in courtrooms. (laughs) USA, USA. Yeah, well, there's a lot of that in the movie, but also it's like that stuff is like bothersome to him because he's like, did Am I the person who just like doomed humanity by inventing this technology? Because there's, am I the person whose the blood is on their hands for the hundreds of thousands of Japanese people who perished instantly as a result of this? Should I have done this? If I didn't do it, would the US have built it anyways? If I didn't do it, would the Nazis have built it faster or the Soviets had built it faster or the Japanese had built it faster and then they use it on America? That is what this movie is about. And then on the side, he has this like semi-professional rivalry with 
a senator played by Robert Downey Jr., who many years afterwards, after World War II is over, is like has decided that he wants to destroy Oppenheimer and basically frame him as this communist. And he hates that America thinks of him as this hero. And he's like, Mm. it's the fifties now McCarthyism is happening. So, so this Senator wants to sort of rally McCarthyism against Oppenheimer. And there are some Senate hearings going on. There's some backroom depositions happening. And basically (laughs) all of that, all of that is happening in black and white in the, 50s, which is intercut with pretty much the sort of A to B story of, you know, college age Oppenheimer to Oppenheimer, you know, right when they they drop the bomb. It is excellent. There's a lot. The movie is a lot of men in rooms talking at each other Uh for three hours long. Do you Um, think it could have used a little bit of a script punch up? From Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> absolutely. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It could have. Really? I mean, and that's my complaint about Oppenheimer. I talked about wow. my Barbie complaint. Like, for the most part, this movie moves really fast. Like, all of this stuff that I'm explaining, and it's just like men in rooms being like, no, the isotope should be the, this isotope. Oh, God. Not the but it's isotopes. Like, and it's intercut with, like, legal drama. So it's this like, ad hominem jurisprudence. This movie is really exciting, and the editing in it, the sound in this movie is incredible. It's like, granted, I saw it in IMAX. Like, I'm sure the sound system is different than like the average theater. This movie is so loud, and the music in it, and the sound effects in it, and the sound editing is incredible. The acting in this movie is nuts. You've never seen so many recognizable like Hollywood actors in a single movie, and like, if it's like a white guy. Yeah, they slapped a suit on him, and they're like, "Oh, you're Doctor Smith. You were the guy who invented <laughs> helium, or whatever. You're you're down there too." I forget. Can you remind me who plays Albert Einstein in the movie? Um, a character actor. Oh, whose it's name not I a famous. Remember. It's no. not like no. Paul Giamatti. No, it's not Giamatti. <laughs> okay, just. I mean, if I have a complaint about this movie, it's that there's like quite a lot of fucking people talking, and there's quite a lot of like. Until the movie wraps up, you're like, there's a lot of like, what? When are they? Where are they? Why are they doing this? (laughs) I think for the most part, it does at the end. The last 20 minutes or so really frame a lot of what you've been seeing before. And if you had any questions about it, they're mostly wrapped up. But for two hours and 40 minutes, you're like, there's a lot of like, what? Um, (laughs) Florence Pugh is really good in it. I was just about to say, how's Miss Flo? Miss Flo? Yeah. Is in a scene that shall be etched into my mind forevermore. Okay. Because there's Flo. Flo gets intimate. Sure. Don't we all? Flo gets intimate in this movie. (laughs) Zach Braff saw the dailies. Uh Uh-huh. And he sent her the Jonah Hill text. (laughs) That's all I gotta okay. say about Flo in this movie. Okay, she's hanging out with, with surfers in this movie. With, you know what I mean? She's with oh sure, she's with Oppenheimer. Everybody's with. There's like only two women in this movie, and they're both. But they're with both Oppenheimer. with Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> Emily Who's, Blunt who is plays really the good. President? Who plays who? The president. Who was the president at the time? Well, it was a mix of Roosevelt and then Truman. Who plays Roosevelt? They don't show him. Who plays Truman? 
I do. That's a kind of a spoiler because it's like kind of a, it's like kind of a really? big cameo, and it happens like relatively late in the movie. Is it Michael uh, Shannon? I wish. Okay. I wish. Uh, <laughs> Is it Shannon <laughs> mysteriously absent from this film? Oh, that's a miss. He could have played one. Miss. He could have played like a quirky FBI he agent. The look of this time period. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. That's okay. a that's an oversight. Are there a lot of cameos? Danielle, there's like are there cameos 150 in speaking characters in this movie. <laughs> yeah. 148 of them are white men, and yeah. 130 of them are like recognizable actors. Okay. It's, That's there's a lot. a lot. You're like, this guy's in this? And he has two <laughs> lines? Like, did they cut another half hour of this guy? I'll like, be seeing it this weekend. There's a lot of like you get deep into the movie and there's like, oh, it's this scientist from this university is here. You're like, holy shit, they got this guy to be in this movie? Why is he here for this one scene? I don't get it. It's really good. Do you think, first of all, did you know that one of the Nolan brothers is a murderer? Yeah. You did know that? No, I, oh, I saw the thing. I saw like the, <laughs> the, like the triptych or whatever it was. It was like, this brother wrote Westworld. This brother directed Batman. And this one's a murderer. I, I thought it was so funny because it was written. It was like in this magazine. I sent Brett a clip of yeah. this magazine clipping that had a picture of the three Nolan bro brothers. And it was written in the style of Barbie. Like this Barbie goes roller skating. But instead of that, it was like this Nolan brother is a convicted murderer. I couldn't believe it. I really thought it was photoshopped. But this has nothing to do. Do you think Christopher Nolan is saw Barbie? Oh, yeah, for sure. Do you think he liked it? I bet he did. It's I bet he did too. I think he's excellent. a film lover. You have to have, you have to have like complete like Prager University brain worms to not enjoy Barbie. <laughs> and even if you did, it's like it's so bright and funny. Like, I'm sorry, but like the physical acting and physical comedy in the movie Barbie is just naturally funny. Yeah, like watching Ryan Gosling like fall down and make funny noises is funny. Will uh -huh. Ferrell's in the movie. He's very funny. Sorry, Will, Will Ferrell is a funny actor. Like, yeah. <laughs> watching him do his, watching him cook for like 10% of the movie <laughs> is good. Yeah. Uh, it's a good movie. If you don't like, if you don't like either, you're, if you don't like either, you're stupid. Like, yeah. You're just stupid. I'm sorry. So, are we I, thinking, how I are we, Will. do we think this just raised? Cause I love Killian Murphy. Mm -hmm. I've always thought he was a wonderful actor and man. I always knew his name was pronounced Killian. But are we thinking this is what pushes? He's sort of like a background. He's sort of like Guy Pierce, where it's like he's always so good in movies, but he's very rarely the star star, like name of the title. Maybe. I mean, he looks a lot like Oppenheimer and he's like he's been in like a ton of Nolan movies. <laughs> I, you know, yeah, like there's a bit of that. A bit of Guy Pierce, a bit of like Joseph Fines, a bit of both Fines. Mm. I don't know if Joseph and Rafe are brothers. They, they are brothers. Be. Both of those guys are like in a ton. Joseph Fines was the lead of a movie that won Best Picture. And like yeah. a year later, he's like, uh, excuse me, uh, would you like to make that a supersized combo? Like, <laughs> Well, he also played Michael Jackson. <laughs> in a, like band from TV band from TV TV movie I'm sure what it was British fuck? I'm so sure it was British <laughs> only like, the British would have, have only such little taste to get exactly. that done but and he had to like apologize for doing it <laughs> but I guarantee you he played Michael Jackson in this like infamous 
made for TV series. Oh my lord! Um, that's so. That's what he's up to. I think. Yeah, I think. I think Killian is like. Um, I think he's probably on. He's like on the level of of like Ray Fiennes. He's like. Okay. He's like in a Voldemort. ton of stuff. Yeah. But he's like he's not really going to be the lead most of the time. He looks too scary. Frankly. He's really scary. I mean, he's very beautiful, but he's yeah. like when he was the scarecrow. Scary. He was scary. <laughs> <laughs> like surprisingly scary for that kind of movie. Red, Red Eye came out like right after that. Very scary. Very scary movie. <laughs> Peaky Blinders. Haven't I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, but he's like, he really runs a gang of like Irish mobsters who like. Probably scarily. Beat yeah. you up. I mean, if you're friends with them, good. But if you cross them, I, from what I've seen of of, of the film of media about organized crime, they're not very lenient. No, if you don't no. pay your bills. Yeah, I I don't even know when Peaky Blinders is set. <laughs> Peaky Blinders <laughs> is it like um, Gangs of New York times? Yeah, but like in Ireland. Oh, it's set in Ireland. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way I'm watching that. There's no way because it's not. I it's think like, it's a. I think it's a, a subtitles watch, even for, for right, babies exactly. who don't wear, don't use subtitles. Because don't they have other like non-Irish stars? What I was gonna say is, I think if they have Hollywood stars attempting Irish accents, I don't think I can stand that for more than an episode. No, only British people can do American accents. Yeah, and well, Australians can do American accents too. But I'm talking oh, yeah. about doing Irish accents. No. I'll just do Scottish. I just mumble. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, I guess that's where like Brad Tom Hardy. Pitt, Brad Pitt. I have no idea what country Tom Hardy is from. He's British. Oh, okay. <laughs> you could say any country. I'd be like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Was South Tom African, Hardy sure, an yeah. Oppenheimer? Hardy is not an Oppenheimer. That's that's, that's another surprising because he's that's a Nolan emission. buddy. Yeah, I know. I know. He's in the Nolan Playhouse. I'm saying like. Most actors are in this movie, not Michael right, Shannon, I'm, not Tom Hardy. You have to admit, I have a talent for naming the ones who aren't in it. <laughs> like, I'm doing pretty well. I'm like three for three. Renee is Adrian Brody Page is not in Oppenheimer. <laughs> is Adrian Brody? No. Wow. Is he? He was in The Pianist. That movie was happening at the same time. You're in right. a different, yeah. You're right. If you're in a movie that takes, you're not allowed to be in movies that take place uh, at the same time period. No. So if you're in. Is Kevin Costner in it? No. Okay. Okay. Not every (laughs) actor is in Oppenheimer. I have to turn a light on because I feel like you can't see me. This is pretty bad for the podcast. (laughs) Sorry. I want you to be able to see my facial expressions. Um, It's getting dark here. It's late. So we've, for three weeks, you've been like, I need to talk about Adrian Brody. (laughs) I just Can we just cross this off this week, finally? <laughs> I wanted to pose a question to you, Brett, and then, by extension, our audience, our illustrious audience of pop culture aficionados. Has there ever been an actor in the history of Hollywood and film who is so incredibly charismatic on screen but so incredibly not off screen. Like, I just can't think of one. Every time I've seen Adrian Brody in a role, he is the most magnetic, yeah. wonderful actor. But he off screen is 
absolutely a nothing. He should have, the way he acts, he should have Tom Cruise's charisma off screen. Like he should be a perennial talk show guest. He should be sitting, eating the chicken wings with the spicy, the spicy chicken wings. They should be <laughs> trying to, pl- if he had the even a thumb of the charisma that he has when he's acting on screen. What is this? This is a derangement syndrome. I guess... Maybe that's why I haven't seen. Like, I have no idea what his personality is off off screen. He a movie all I that I he did bought not a like, castle for his ex girlfriend. <laughs> oh Jesus! I should and date she him married Chris Hemsworth. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. yeah. Upgrade. So it didn't work out. Upgrade. Yeah, uh, I don't know anything about him. But you've seen the pianist. I actually haven't seen the pianist. I saw when he have you seen Halle Summer Bear, of Sam? No. I saw Asteroid <laughs> City, a movie which I did not like, but Adrian Brody was excellent in for like four minutes. I, I know he's canceled, succession. but yeah, he's fine. He's good in success. Have you seen Midnight in Paris? Oh, yeah. He kills it in Midnight in Paris. He kills it in everything he's in. Him and the bald fella, Corey Stoll. Oh, my gosh. Corey Stoll, that movie? Ugh. Introduced yeah. me to Corey Stoll. Introduced I'm, a lot I'm of women never to Corey turned, Stoll. Yeah, I know. I've never turned my back since. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Corey Stoll's number one fan. I, I, I really watched Midnight in Paris recently. That movie is great. Yeah, sorry. And Corey Stoll, he's a hunk. Excellent. He's a hunk in that movie. Holy moly. Holy moly. And, you know, they found him a good wig. They oh, can't yeah. always find a good wig for these men. No, because I think most people hadn't seen Corey Stoll in anything before. Midnight yeah, that helps. And then it's that like, helped. who is this actor? <laughs> yeah. And what luscious hair he has. How has this guy <laughs> been like, you know, auditioning and doing, you know, <laughs> peanut butter M&M's commercials for for years with a hair like, you know, this guy's John Hamm. And then you're like, oh, you see him in uh, House of Cards, like later the next oh, year. And you're like, oh, it's the same great. guy? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, okay, well. I hope he puts lotion on. What do you put sunscreen on that thing? <laughs> Is that what you're supposed to do? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not bald. <laughs> Look, Brad doesn't have this problem. I think he was, but you should be putting sunscreen on it. Probably. Or they just wear hats. We're talking about That's- them like they're a class of people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I just wanted to pose that question. I- I'm trying to think of another actor who has like, who is... That extreme, like extreme level of talent and such an extreme nothing you off screen. You know what? I'll throw a big one. I'll throw a controversial one out there. Okay. De Niro. No, because, well, late in life, De Niro turns out has a lot of riz because he's still having kids. <laughs> so I don't know. If it, I'm sure he's, Adrian Brody's having he's, kids. He's rizzing up his wife and still having children. <laughs> Matt I, May in the chat says, Corey Stahl in Ant-Man 3 is very difficult to forget. We're going to have to take your word for that because I'm not I think we forgot Ant-Man about, 3. We forgot about seeing Ant-Man 3. Uh, I think I, you see a lot of interviews with De Niro and he's just like kind of mono, monosyllabic. I think part That's of it true. is a bit. I think part of it is a bit. Here's the it's deal. It's like post meet the parents. Here's that the deal. Grumpy grandpa. Yeah. Actors, <laughs> once you meet an actual famous actor in real life and like not just meet them at the freaking backstage where Jessica Chastain signs your playbill of a doll's house. Yeah. If you ever, this is not going to happen to other people. I'm very fancy. <laughs> I've met many famous actors. <laughs> Folks, I've met them all. I've met them all. <laughs> I've met the Baby best. Gronk. <laughs> I've, 
in my life living in LA, working in the industry to do, I've met people. And for the most part, I mean, for, for the most part, everyone's like one like just a nice regular person. That's the first thing you notice. And the second thing is like, oh, you're an empty vessel. You're not alive until Aaron Sorkin says action. Interesting. You Interesting. channel the you you're the most human when you're channeling the character. And otherwise, you're kind of just like a regular person. Like you're, you know, the same way a painter might be most alive when they're painting. I don't know. I'll just say, and to be fair, I did meet them in a professional capacity, but I also have met a lot of famous people Yeah, because I was booking the talent at HQ Trivia. You sure how were. But I'll just say when I met them, yes, it was in a professional capacity. I was like, there are a lot of stars. So I was like, oh, you're a star like Danny DeVito. (laughs) You're just like, no, you're meant to be. You are always meant to be. You always meant to get attention. That's the thing. They need attention, actors. They need yeah. it. They thrive with it. They die without it. They shrivel up. Isn't so, Joaquin Phoenix the same way as Adrian Brody? He's like horribly no, embarrassed his, by his, the act of doing it. And he's just like. That's not what Adrian Brody like. By no, Joaquin is life. like interesting. He's had like infamous David Letterman appearances. He's interesting. That was a whole thing. That was performance art. Exactly. He's interesting. Okay. <laughs> like Adrian Brody does not have that. Okay. Okay. So I don't know. I don't think this question has been answered. If there's anyone else who's like this, you're you're saying Robert De Niro, but I'm just if anyone else has any ideas. Not wholeheartedly. I'm I I don't think about this that much. I'm gonna bring you up did. another celebrity I've met in real life to talk about someone else. The and Rock. I didn't meet them in a professional. Yeah, I didn't meet oh. them in a professional setting. I actually met them at a hotel. Oh, and, and yes, it is The Rock. So I was at the and Brett and anyone else who's knows about LA knows a very fancy hotel called the Bel Air hotel one time. Yeah, sure. I was leaving (laughs) and a beautiful car pulls up, a door opens, a water bottle falls out of the door and then a humongous foot followed by an even larger man (laughs) comes out. And one of the, you know, all these hotels have um, valets because no one parks their own car, um, rushes to pick up the water bottle. The rock flashes him a dazzling smile and says, no worries, man, you're all good. Like just knows that the second he's out of the car, he has to be the rock. He has yeah. to be charming to everyone. doesn't matter if you're the shoe shiner, <laughs> if you're the person bagging the groceries or you're Mr. Movie Executive. The rock's going to turn it on for you. And I think the rock is very calculated. And I have nothing against that. You, against that. You sort of have to be. But... The Rock just made headlines as begging, giving the biggest donation to the SAG, ACTRA, WGA2, I think, maybe just SAG, uh, striking actors fund. He's It's seven digits, they say. Oh, wow. Don't we so think this that's is a, a good fund, thing? There's a fund for, I, I would imagine there's a fund for the WGA and a fund for, for SAG where they are helping to pay bills and very support actors and, and writers who are out of work as a result of the strike yeah, who need it. Exactly. Like, yeah. They're not Jesse Chastain. Chastain's they're got hungry. that zero dark 30 money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Zero they're dark like, 30 mil. That's what her like, agent said the next day. <laughs> they're like Mr. And Mrs. 
hey, back off. I got orders on Law and Order. You yeah. know, like they they're just cobbling it together. And The Rock is this donation is going to help them eat tomorrow. I just think that's a very nice thing. And I think The Rock and Mark Wahlberg are responsible for a lot of my least favorite, but also favorite satire content to consume, which is like the grind set bros. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. They're responsible for that. They're the ones who truly first started saying, I wake up at 3 a.m. to work out. So The Rock I does. Just, I don't, okay, Mark Wahlberg is fit, but I don't see like the 4 a.m. body there. What? I see the 4 a.m. body on The Rock. When The Rock is like, I get up at 4 a.m., I drink a cod. I take a fish, I put it in a blender, yeah. and I drink it. And then I work yeah. out for four hours. I'm like, I see that. I see those results. I see in myself that I don't do that. And that's why I don't. I don't you and me are not the same. Yeah. I don't see that for Walbert. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> Wow. No, this is, I think, pretty explosive that you you don't you don't see Marky Mark's hustle is basically what you're saying. I think he's a I think he's a grind set liar. Wow. He's stealing grind set valor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He doesn't grind. He doesn't truly grind. He rises, but I don't know if he grinds. Or maybe he grinds, but he does not rise. Wow. Wow. Um yeah. Well, I just thought like that's what The Rock should be doing is donating this money to the SAG uh, fund because he has wrought the grind set hustle on everyone. Yeah, shots are fired. Shots <laughs> are fired on this podcast. We're not wow. afraid to. So I just thought that was interesting. I also think it was, like I was saying, a very canny move because The Rock's star is on the fall. His star is declining. Black Adam. Bomb. Yeah. He's lucky. Bomb. He's lucky that The Flash came out and bombed. Yeah, there's all these clips of The Flash going viral. Oh, and my everyone's Lord. like, <laughs> I sent half of them to you. <laughs> yeah, well, because it's all like, everyone's reaction is like, wait, this was in the movie? Like, this isn't just some deleted scene that got released? Because <laughs> it's very hard to, yeah, it's hard to understand. I, I've given up trying to understand the plot of any superhero movie, but... This one seems especially confusing. I don't know. Like, there are two flashes. In every clip I've seen, there's two flashes. Yes. But are, are they played by the same yes. person? They are played by the same person. The oh, same person was... who, prior to the strike, the studio was like, Ezra, I think you can sit this one out. I don't think we need, <laughs> I don't think we need you playing tic-tac-toe with J Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. I don't think you need those hot ones. No. You don't. You're hot you enough. You do not need those chicken wings. <laughs> yeah, hot enough. Take a breather. If it gets too hot, we don't know what you're gonna say. We don't know what you're gonna do. Yeah. So so um so the Rock needed what I was gonna say is just the Rock needed some good press, but it did work. It did. Even though I'm very cynical, it did warm the cockles of my heart. Good for you. Good for the Rock. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Can we talk about full circle? Yes. Ladies and germs, there's a new show. And the show is called Full Circle. It's directed <laughs> by, a, I'd say a Hey Julie fave director. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Stevie Sodi. <laughs> Mount Rushmore of directors <laughs> on, on Hey Julie. What, what would that Mount Rushmore be? On, Sorkin, uh, hey Julie. Soderbergh, for sure Sorkin, Gerwig, 
um, who's another? Um, definitely not Steven Spielberg. No, no, you cannot. You cannot be el- actually. Honestly, it was crazy because he was nominated for this film. You should not be eligible to win an Academy Award after making the Fablemans. They should retroactively no, take his his awards. He should be giving a donation in the name in the name of the actors for. Um, he should be Fablemans. giving a donation to me for like the six dollars <laughs> I paid to rent the Fablemans. Um, I'm trying to think of like big time directors. Okay, what James Cameron. James Jimmy Cameron. Cameron. Jimmy Cameron. We love him. Okay. Do we like his movies? Sometimes. All of them, yes. He just doesn't make that many. <laughs> He's down in the sea. <laughs> He's in the He's sea. He's under the sea. He's under the um, sea so- with Sebastian. <laughs> so Furl Cir- Furl Full Circle is on HBO Max in the States and on Crave in Canada. And here's the thing. I thought this show was only four episodes long. It is six, I believe. Okay. Well, I was watching it thinking like it was over. <laughs> so this is a very surprising turn of events for me. But I've watched all four episodes. Oh, okay. I've only light- seen the first two. I've only seen the first two. Don't give me any spoilers. I was spoilers. about to say light spoilers ahead. <laughs> well, we'll just start with the first episode. This show has all the hits. It's got everything you want from a Stevie Soderbergh show, which is it's got a cast all over New York City. All of the boroughs are represented. Welcome yeah. to East New York. <laughs> and it's got Claire Danes with a bob. It's got... D- they got Jack- Danes. Danes wrapped Fleischman. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. Can okay, you're up. You're on the Upper West Side right now. Can you go downtown? Can you go to the village to shoot full circle? And she's like, okay, you need me to do anything different with my hair? And they said... Don't change a thing about your Fleischman hair. You're perfect. She, it is perfect. The hair is a star. Every time they shoot her from behind, they shoot that crisp bob as it shakes back and forth. It's perfect. It's so crazy that she has this like new life as an actress of playing of a concerned mother <laughs> with a severe haircut. I mean, no one. I'm like thinking to myself, who else can pull off this bob? When that no woman one. comes to your store, you're a barista, you're a the person who works at the desk at the airport, you're like, I am going to get screamed at right now. Or you're like, man, this woman has her life together in such a way that I don't think I'll ever have my life together like that. It is so sleek. It is the epitome of sleek, sleek and chic. They also have an amazing apartment. The interiors on this show, there's a brownstone in Brooklyn. There's the, I think it's um, West Village, like, perfect three-bedroom apartment with a massive kitchen that just got renovated. There's a house in, like, outer Queens with that the, a guy with aquarium mafias run out of. Pardon? No, there's a house with an aquarium in it. CCH Pounder's house, where she's, yes, like, having a party. House. Her house yeah, is exactly. like, well, fish here? Oh, my God. There's Washington Square Park. There's Dennis Quaid with a ponytail. Oh, yeah. There's Timmy Oliphant looking very silver fox silver yeah <laughs> this silver and fox gets the gold i don't think this is a spoiler to say what happens in the first episode it's the plot of the show and it's based on a very old book um which is what happens if a rich family's son gets kidnapped but it turns out they kidnapped the wrong child yes and and do they they feel a bit of a because they sort of received this like ransom note. They like what what 
feeling do they have towards like trying to get this kid back knowing that it's not their kid, but they still like, they're like, it's someone's kid. Right. Yeah. You know, like they have this moral conundrum about it. Yeah. Yeah. As a parent of like, how do we navigate this? Like they're saying, don't call the cops. We were not going to call the cops when we thought it was our kid, but like now are we going to call the cops? Because it's like definitely not our kid. Like, we were right. going to do everything like, that the kidnappers said, but now that they, now that we actually found out that they kidnapped the wrong kid, like we kind of do want to do the right thing, but also we like want to get the police involved. It's amazing, and it's then they have really this really funny too. Yeah, it's like it's funny. Steven Soderbergh has a great sense of humor. Oh my god! Yeah. So you see them like they were ready to pay when they thought it was their kid. They were so ready. They were cutting the check. They were ready <laughs> to pay. Then when they find out it's not, or when they realize it's not their kid, it's like, well, I ain't paying that. <laughs> <laughs> Like you can see the wheels turning. It's very funny. Meanwhile, you have on the other side of the story, you have this Guyanese crime family that is kind of run by this matriarchal character played by CCH Pounder, who you're like, who we love seeing. I have not seen her in 10 years. She is back, baby. Uh, and you kind of learn about her and the kidnappers, and it's like this, it's very much in the vein of of sorry like the wire not as academic but like presenting this sort of like rich tapestry of like crime and success in new york and this singular crime story and how it gets solved and how all all these little intricate pieces are a part of it how you know from the mid-level guy to the the foot soldier guy their kind of moral issues with carrying out this kidnapping or, you know, I'm vying for power in the eyes of the matriarch of the, of the crime family. It's excellent. It's like kind of confusing because it, it does not hold your hands at all. And you're like, no. what? what are they talking about? I can't even understand these people. It's it's great. I love it. Which I watched, is so fu- yeah. such a surprise for me. And I was like, I love it. I immediately texted like five people like, you got to watch this. This is a show, and I said this to my husband, I was like, oh, this is a show where I have to put my phone down because yeah. I don't know what the <laughs> hell is going on. And they, there's also like so many very specific things and very specific choices that it does make you want to pay attention. But you're like, wait, why does my friends, the Sea Beats, work as a postal at the post office? Okay, that's the most confusing part. <laughs> Danielle's friends, the Sea Beats, is in it. She's like a cop, but she's like a postal. She works for the post office, and you're like, why? She works she, at the post office. Why does she, and she have really a, wants a race? Why does she have so much? Why does she have like so much jurisdiction? Why does yeah. she have a gun? Why does she live in this nice apartment? It's not her no, apartment. It's her partner. Fabulous ba- brownstone that her girlfriend lives. It's her girlfriend's Who's place. Who's like an artist? What's this like, art selling for if she's got this brownstone? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And why is the sea being so mean to her girlfriend when her girlfriend's got this great brownstone? You it's have a government doesn't... job. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't add up. <laughs> it does not add up. And so that's why you have to keep watching because you're like, I got to find out <laughs> what the hell the sea beats is doing at the fucking post office. What is this job? And then um, Jim Gaffigan's in it. I mean, my there's man. just a lot of fun stuff. They have on. my man, Jim Ga- This is how you know Stevie Sodi has a sense of humor. <laughs> they have my man, Jim Gaffigan, eating a Hot Pocket in the first scene. <laughs> He's always eating. I mean, this is a spo- spoilers. That's Jim, Gaffigan's, that's Jim Gaffigan's most famous bit. 
Like yeah. if you go to the Jim Gaffigan website, he probably has a shirt that says hot pocket on it. He's yeah, probably and it's like casting he, Gallagher in it and he's eating watermelon. Or like, like <laughs> right, just, with a little wink. You know, like that was just like this movie this show is crazy that they have Jim Gaffigan in it, like doing like drama scenes. Being an actor. Yeah. And he's eating a hot pocket, which is like the punchline <laughs> of one of his most famous comedic stand-up bits. Yeah. So we obviously we really like it. I, so I'm all caught up. I won't give any more spoilers away, but I do think it's um it's well worth a watch. But it's also interesting. Yeah, how would you hear about it? I only saw no knew about it because I saw the the little poster on Crave, and I was like, "Ooh, Claire Danes in her blog." Yeah, I was bored one night and I saw it. I was like, "Okay, Claire Danes, that's great. All right, I'm sure." Claire Danes is now like the patron saint. Of millennial, elder millennials, mid to elder millennials, <laughs> and they're like foibles. Yeah, she's like, yeah, she's like the, you know, she's like the Gen X queen. Oh yeah, she's more Gen X, I guess. But I think she's a but saint for to them her. to the millennials. But she is herself not a millennial. I would say That's her true. and Paulson get Paul like. Oh yeah, Paulson. Is she Paulson's- in? Is she in Oppenheimer? She should have been. She should have been. Wow. Everyone, I w- everyone, Again, I'm doing so that good. That was a stupid question on your part. I'm not calling you stupid, Danielle. But there are only two women in this film. And we discussed oh, right. both of them. That's true. That's true. Um, I do want to give everyone just a quick update on what's going on on the set of Wicked. Yes. Yes. Here we <laughs> go. This is what we all want. A musical that everyone's heard of. Brett, you know Wicked very well. Yeah, I'm not very familiar. I haven't seen the musical. I know... About Adele Dazeem and... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm very... Fa- I'm familiar with it. I haven't seen it or, like, know any of the songs other than the one song, but, yeah. I'll just break it down real quick. Very famous. Because this is a very fun... I mean, it's not fun. It, it's just kind of funny. I don't know Hopefully no one's this. really getting hurt. But anyway, they're making a film version of Wicked, which was a blockbuster musical about the Wicked Witch of the West, told from her perspective. It's like a prequel to Wizard of Oz. Exactly. She's a teen in it. She goes away to magic school. So it's, you know, it's perfect millennial bait. It's like. It's very YA. It's, a, it's like it's very YA. YA. It's a musical. It's magic. It's kind of Harry Potter-ish. <laughs> like yeah, they've yeah. got it all. <laughs> so, so this, it's got these great belting songs. So they're making the movie version of it. And Ariana Grande is playing Glinda, who's the good witch. Mm-hmm. The witch of the East. Who cares? I think. Who cares? Uh, but she's the good blonde witch. And. She previously was... Ariana Grande was married. She got married during COVID. Suddenly, like, there was a deluge of articles about her and her husband being on the rocks or separating or reconsidering things, having difficulties, whatever. Then, bombshell drops. Divorce. It's happening. Then, it's revealed that she is having an affair. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, it's Ariana Grande. You know, she's a superstar. Who would she be having an affair with? Davidson. Yeah, well, getting back with him. Yeah, she was with him already. If someone's, if someone's sleeping with someone, you gotta just see where, like, you gotta do the find my find my friends app and see where Pete Davidson was. She already was with Pete Davidson. She's I'm the just one saying, who started it all. Find where he was. Just roll <laughs> it out. It turns out, and this is like kind of tying back into the bear. She was having an affair with her married co-star of Wicked, who plays not. Like the cute, there's like the cute <laughs> romantically. It's like very He's frozen-y as well. Yeah. Wicked. Yeah, exactly. He's the guy who plays 
SpongeBob SquarePants on Broadway. <laughs> and the, like the really fun part, I mean, that's sad because that guy, I guess, is married and has a child. So that's actually kind of sad. But what's fun is the wife of the real SpongeBob, the cartoon voice, had to release a statement being like, my husband is not having, like, you know, this is like an old man. <laughs> like, Tom Kenny, yeah, Tom Kenny's like gotta be in his late 50s, at least. <laughs> she had to release a statement being like, don't worry, my marriage to the real SpongeBob SquarePants is intact. I just thought it was kind of fun. I thought it was kind of fun. I don't wish infidelity upon anyone, but I do think the fact that it was SpongeBob SquarePants is a little interesting. That Nickel like Nickelodeon had to put out a thing being like, yeah, exactly. We, uh, we denounce. Thank you for the concern. We denounce. <laughs> we we respect all we- <laughs> mar- like marriage contracts and we relationships. Hear you. We hear you. <laughs> the part of SpongeBob tonight will be played. <laughs> yeah, by it's divorce dad summer. And then I wanted to say one. Oh my yeah, my computer will charge. I wanted to say one last update on the pop culture front, which is I don't know if we've ever seen this before. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, invitations to threesomes <laughs> is what Matt May in the chat says. I'm always interested in hearing what's going on out there. That's all I can say. Um Doja Cat oh is God. a musical superstar. She's a musical superstar who is very online. She's got a lot of hit songs. She's big on radio, on the apps. She's big. Danielle, yeah. ask me if I know who Doja Cat is. Brett, do you know who Doja Cat is? Absolutely not. I have no idea who this person is or like any of their You've songs. You've heard her songs. I've heard the name Doja Cat. Like I'm aware that this person is a celebrity pop star of some sort. If I sat next to Miss Doja Cat on a plane for 18 hours, I wouldn't recognize her. I would Walked into her on the street. If I sat next to her at a restaurant, I served her coffee. It's some scenario. She's major. I would She's have major. no idea. They'd be like, you just served Doja Cat. And I'd be like, okay, <laughs> don't know. Doja. I love Doja Cat as a name too. Um, so she just absolutely despises her fans and That's is amazing. not shy about saying That's it. That's amazing. She's like, She's a this is the... Pod. <laughs> exactly. So she recently, you know how fans call themselves like Selena Swifties. Gomez Navy. Yeah, Swifties or whatever. They call themselves like Julie's. BCS Army. Little Julies, as, as we know. <laughs> so her fans call themselves kittens because her name is Doja Cat. And she today, like she's going on this press tour for her new album. First of all, the first part of the press tour, she was like all that other music. And she said this like this. All the other music I made sucked. It was stupid pop music that I just made because I knew you drooling idiots would eat it up. Like, that's what she said. (laughs) And like, this new version is actually what I like. And, you know, I just had to do that to get my foot in the door and you idiots ate it up. So that's what we're going off of. Now she's saying, I hate the name Kittens. Like, anyone who calls himself that is a loser. And like, she just is absolutely roasting her fans. I just... I can't think of another instance of this happening. This is a really new take on being a celebrity and being a musician. Are her fans I'm like revolting the... or are they sad or are they like, or they they like are. okay, yes, queen, slay. <laughs> yeah, I think they are. I think it's happening. <laughs> She's serving. Wow. Drag me. Drag me. 
<laughs> so it's just like kind of amusing to watch. Um, and so, and as someone who's like, I know her music, I like it. I have nothing against Doja Cat. So I, I wouldn't call myself a kitten, um, but being outside of it, it's very amusing and fun to watch. And I just, I love when stars give us something to work with like that, you know? So just big snap slay to Doja Cat. Stars, they're just like us. They fucking hate <laughs> everybody who's not them. It's like the exact opposite of um, parasocial celebrity where she's like, no, I don't want to be your friend. No. We will never hang out. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm, I, I actually am cooler than you. I'm not relatable. I'm not just like you. I kind of appreciate that. It sounds like what I would do. Yeah. Um, I don't want to be out at these Kate Julie events. <laughs> Our sold out tours. Yeah, sold out tours, yeah. Thank Anyways, we so will be at Red Rocks August 17th, <laughs> 7.30 p.m. sharp. Um, thank you all so much for listening. We have some very exciting news, which is that next week, Big Brother is back. Oh, yeah, it is. It's back on August, August 2nd. 2nd. So do you think by next weekend, when we typically record, we will have a cast or no? Put I your money we, on the line. Well, oh, this coming weekend. Um, no. 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 I don't think so. I, I don't, don't think, think we're getting anything this week. I don't think we're getting anything till next week. Honestly, I think we might get through two or three episodes. And Big Brother will be like, next week, we'll announce <laughs> the cast of Big Brother. <laughs> <laughs> 12 hour Jeff and Jordan retrospective concludes (laughs) every summer the producers of Big Brother treat us like Doja Cat (laughs) treats the kittens and here we are coming back for more (laughs) yeah that that is like confirmed right that like Big Brother producers hate Big Brother Reddit hate the (laughs) podcast especially us probably i mean I, I can't say it's confirmed but probably but we're super excited oh finally it feels like it's been so far away for so long and now we can say it's next week julie released some new key art um that she says has hints in it i can't tell i, I can't tell i'm very upset that it's going to be like halloween and we're going to be like Oh, great. Eric has had a household again. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap up the game. And like, we'll have a Halloween. People, Christmas decorations will be for sale when this season of Big Brother is, is wrapping up. I we saw, can have themed live streams. Oh, great. More, I'll more get stuff a little for me kid, to do. A little pumpkin. You need a candle. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I this YouTube stream is pretty bad. Right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah. Um, my apologies to anyone watching this that was my because fault you're not saying, really you, watching me. That was my fault for saying, can you record at 8 p.m. Eastern? <laughs> no, it's okay. I should get a ring light a like your boy. Me. I know. You look great. You look great. I was at one light. point during the filming, I was like, oh, wait, we're still filming. We have not wrapped up the pod yet. Would you I, like to? I was, yeah. Okay. Let's wrap. <laughs> All right, uh, that's it for the pod. You can follow us on X at Hey Julie BB. You can see <laughs> us there. Um, <laughs> uh, email, email never dies. Love never dies. Hey Julie Big Brother at gmail.com. That is it. We are like 10 days out from a new season of Big Brother. Hang on, hang on. We We're almost it. there. We can make it. Thank you all so much for listening. Find us on the Discord. We'll oh, yeah. see you later. Bye, Ken. Bye, Barbie.